my whole life. This is all I know. All I know is burritos. I'm Lisa Morehouse, and this is California Foodways. I'm traveling to every county in the state, finding stories about food, agriculture, and the people that make both possible. This episode, I'm taking you to the Central Valley town of Dinuba to go into the heart of a multi-million dollar family food business. What they make here is one of the most common, everyday foods in the country. Something that's in every convenience store, every college dorm, hundreds of school cafeterias, and thousands of family freezers. Recently, I went into a factory, a kind of factory I'd never seen. Before the big wigs let me in, they suit me up in safety gear. Here's company chair Kim Riesbeck. So what are we doing here? We are putting gloves on because we have fingernail polish on our nails. And, and this? That's a hairnet to cover your hair. Everything has to be completely tucked in. They're so strict about the hairnet that even George W. Bush wasn't let into the factory without one. My dad was like, sure, yeah, President Bush, but he won't wear a hairnet. We're like, are you kidding? All our customers will watch the president on TV at our plant. So what happened? He didn't tour the plant <laughs> because we could not make an exception. All these measures are to protect the product the factory turns out. Oh, it's so many burritos. Burritos! This is one of the plants owned by Ruiz Foods, the largest manufacturers of frozen burritos, in fact, all frozen Mexican food in the country. And this factory, it's like the Willy Wonka of Mexican food. Now, the company won't let me tell you much about what goes on in the factory. It's all a proprietary process. But what I can say is that I see thousands of burritos, quesadillas, and taquitos, most of which will be sold under the El Monterey brand. Over 1,600 people work here, and many fold or roll products by hand. Still, other products are folded incredibly by machine. So what's happening? Well, that's where it goes from tortilla. Oh. Where's the filling? Oh. Is this bean and cheese? All headed obediently down what look like miles of conveyor belts toward a spiral freezer. Company co-founder Fred Ruiz tells me the family's originally from Chihuahua, Mexico, but fled during the Mexican Revolution when his father was just a boy. As landowners, the Ruiz family felt targeted. My dad remembers everybody being piled into the car and uh, in the middle of the night, and there was lots of guns and bombs going off. They settled in Los Angeles. Fred Ruiz says his dad, Lewis, was a born entrepreneur, selling feather dusters and then clothing door-to-door. The family moved to Tulare County in the 1950s, when Lewis Ruiz and his brothers started a tortilla business. So I think what my dad realized at that time is that there's an opportunity for to sell Mexican food uh, in the San Joaquin Valley. To learn more, I decided to talk to an expert. I'm Gustavo Ariano. I'm the author of Taco USA, How Mexican Food Conquered America. He says the flour tortilla that defines a burrito is a northern Mexican staple. The urban legend is that the first people who created the dish that were now called burritos were miners in Sonora. In copper mines between Sonora, Mexico and Arizona. They would wrap all their food in these big flour tortillas. And ride donkeys or burros down into the mines. So they called these burritos, little burros. He says burritos really entered the U.S 
U.S. in the 1940s during the Bracero Program, when tens of thousands of Mexican temporary agricultural workers came to the country. The American farm owners fed these workers rice and beans wrapped in flour tortillas. Eventually, the burrito entered the mainstream, starting with Taco Bell and Del Taco in the 60s and Chipotle in the 90s. But Mexican food has been in American grocery stores since the 1890s, first with canned tamales, beans, chili sauce. Starting in the 1930s, you have a man named George Ashley starts putting tortillas in a can. Not all, but most of these food producers were white. Most of their customers were white people who lived near Mexican-Americans and their food. Once Americans taste Mexican food, they need it and it becomes a part of their life and they're going to try to replicate it at home one way or another. And that's the environment in which Luis and Fred Ruiz started their business in the 1960s. They had a primed customer base in the racially diverse Central Valley and the perfect muse, mom. While Fred and his dad developed recipes for their first products, his mom worked at a shoe store in downtown Tulare. I would be working on some sauce, and it just didn't taste right, so I would put it in a little dish, and I'd drive over to the store. And I'm there, I've got, you know, sauce all over my T-shirt, and I smell like an enchilada. I said, Mom, taste this. And she would tell me, well, it just needed a little more oregano, a little more garlic. In fact, the test kitchen is still called Rosie's Culinary Center. Kim Ruizbeck says her grandfather served as both delivery man and sales guy. He would drive the truck, pull in, um, deliver all the product in the back of the, the grocery store, and then he would drive around the front and he would change into a suit. And meet with the manager to try to make more sales. Ruiz Foods grew to be a top Latino-owned business, but Fred Ruiz and his dad started the company before major advances in civil rights. There were some challenges, you know, just growing up as a kid, being Mexican, you know, I asked, you know, this girl if she could go on a date one time, and she says no, she couldn't because I was Mexican, her dad wouldn't let her date Mexicans. And in business, you know, yeah, you know, there were some challenges that we had to overcome. Some people didn't believe, you know, that we were going to grow our business. But Kim Ruizbeck says by the 1980s, a new piece of technology transformed the business, the microwave. Every home has a microwave. I mean, that really is, you know, the key to our product success. Ruiz Foods started growing into the multi-million dollar a year business it is today. For the company to stay on top, the family says they've had to innovate. That's why I give my kids El Monterey breakfast burritos. Adding breakfast items, fusion foods, and something called tornadoes. They're like flautas or taquitos, developed specifically to fit on convenience store roller grills, the ones that usually hold hot dogs. But their number one retail product is still a bag of eight frozen burritos. My whole life. This is all I know. All I know is burritos. Now the chairwoman, Kim Respect, started working at her family's company 40 years ago. This is all I ever wanted. Um, so proud of my dad and my grandpa. I just, you know, wanted to be a part of this business. And, you know, I guess it's not real professional. Sorry. You know, but I love this business. I love what they've created. I love what we do in the community. Through lots of philanthropy. And she says she loves knowing that they're reaching so many people through food. At a town park a mile away, I ask a group of teenagers on skateboards about Ruiz Foods. 
They've got friends and family who work at the factory and say, though they prefer homemade Mexican food, they eat El Monterey burritos for convenience and the low price tag. An eight-pack of bean and cheese burritos costs under four bucks. Compared to other convenience store fare, a bag of chips is like one seventy nine, and a soda is a dollar, so it's like three bucks. And what's clear, talking to these guys, basically in the shadow of the Ruiz Foods factory, is their products are in a lot of our lives, whether we know it or not. I never tried it. You never ate it. I never ate Ruiz food. Well, I know you have because aren't they, aren't, don't they are package? Blue burritos? Yeah, they package the, the like El Monte burritos. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah no, no, I, oh, I like them. I like, I like the green packet. <laughs> What's in the green packet? Chile verde and the meat and beans. It's the best one. These burritos are everywhere, but their roots are right here in the Central Valley. That's it for this episode of California Foodways. This story was reported and produced by me, Lisa Morehouse. It originally aired on KQED's California Report magazine. Our theme music is by Takanobu. California Foodways is funded in part by California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. You can learn more at calhum.org. Find us on social media and visit our website, californiafoodways.com.